Welcome to Two Guys and the Bible. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was intense. I know, super intense. <laughs> this is a weekly conversation on theology, culture, and God's word. My name is Dylan Keniston. I'm joined this lovely afternoon by my brother from another, Eric Leupold. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great today. Good, good. So th- this is our what is it, our third episode on idolatry, our series on idolatry yes. that we're doing here. And, you know, today, so we're going to talk about uh, actually two different topics today that are related. We'll talk about how they're related. But so one of these topics, I feel like, is something that we talk about fairly frequently. The Mm -hmm. other one, not so much. Mm -hmm. So I'm really interested to hear kind of like, you know, your take and and some feedback on how you kind of are processing this. So today we're looking at what the Bible says about uh, drunkenness, right? So that's Mm -hmm. one that we we definitely, you know— it's it's a topic that most Christians have you know have an opinion about one way or the other, and we we've thought about it. We give it some you know we we we're familiar with the question no of like rainer, wine or in a way yeah exactly in some ways being drunk yeah yeah exactly exactly like, like drunkenness right like yeah. but another one that we don't talk about as much is gluttony oh yes right so gluttony so it's just like going in on that ice cream yeah like, it doesn't have to be ice cream it could be a spare but like. Go devouring. in, just devouring like whole pizza, all of the food, whole pizza, whole pizza. Exactly. I, I used to do that, man. When I was a teenager, I, I used to I do had that some too. extra pounds. I was like, my weight has not fluctuated all that much since I was young. Oh really? Yeah, dude. I like whole pizza, right? It was oh, just like Pizza Hut pizza. Oh, and then they, they had that reading program. I, can't, I did that. Do you know straight, what I'm talking oh, about? Oh no, straight A program. Straight A program. You turn in your report card, you get a free personal pan pizza. Yes, they, they had that one, and they had another one where like you would report on how many hours of uh, reading you had done mm. and then you'd get like a, like a, a personal pan pizza same thing oh 90s throwbacks anyway so we're talking about gluttony today and drunkenness so uh, you know what do you think right like what does the bible don't say? do it oh, oh yes well, no, just, yeah. <laughs> what does the bible say about gluttony and drunkenness and in particular like how should we as christians today be be thinking about these topics and maybe you know putting up guards against them or you know maybe we're not thinking about them all that much i don't know what are your what are your thoughts yeah uh, so in our series here in idolatry you know you know last week we looked at you know drugs and, and, and addiction here and, and i think that 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 food and alcohol uh well clearly alcohol is a drug too c- can take that form of an idol hmm. in our in our lives um and i think the the bible does talk a lot about about that, and, and it's interesting when the Bible. Ta- it seems like, at least, when the Bible talks about uh, drinking uh, alcohol and, and and drunkenness, I should say, it, it's almost always in the same context as food. Hmm. Like they kind of go together, and it yeah. makes sense. I mean, you eat and you drink. Yeah. Eat, drink, be merry. Eat and drink together. I mean, they they go together, right? Yep. yep. So, and and like any other created thing, those things can be abused. Okay. Yeah. So we all know that. We all agree. Anything could be made an idol. That God has has given us. Uh, you agree there. they can be good, even a good thing. Food, good, right? Yeah. Oh, f- wine for the, you know, yeah. good. Well, well, let's. Well, first let's cover food. Hey. First let's cover <laughs> let's food. Cover food. Well, the easier one is the easier is, one. is actually food. Yeah. yeah because we all have to eat to not die. Right. I mean that's that's pretty clear. I think everyone everyone knows that. So, but it's uh, just like think about the, how the gospel is even in that, right? Like in yeah. in, in the sense that like. Almost everything we eat has to, even like a, a plant, right? Something has to die in order that's to sustain true. life. Well, that's true. Like, what a pointer that is to and Christ. That's very interesting. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, that's a deep theological truth. Yeah. Where And now that's like the picture of the Lord's Supper where yeah. we, we take, eat, and this represents, mm-hmm. you know. And then even even Jesus in, um, I believe it's it's John 6, where he talks about, 
you know, you must you must eat my flesh. You must drink my my blood. You must. I mean, in the context is coming and believing mm-hmm. to have life. I'm living water, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, I'll give you living water. And what did that like? And that's the redemption of like the opposite of that. You know, being in the garden. Like, mm-hmm. how did sin enter the world? Eve took and ate and eating, right? Taking and eating. There's yeah, I don't know. So just like and now and what does Jesus say? Take and eat, that's right? right? And yeah. it's of his of him. That's you right. Partake of him. So, yeah. Anyway, and, and, and redeeming it's a, that. It's so a beautiful cool. concept of eating and ta- that all throughout Scripture. The theme of it yeah. is beautiful. And in fact, uh, I was just thinking of if in Ezekiel. There's a there's a portion where he's told by God to eat the scroll, mm-hmm. right? To take it in, mm. to ingest it, and we're feeding. Right? Jesus tells Jesus tells his uh, his disciples, "Feed my sheep." Right? And now. Is he talking about physical food? No, right. no. The right. context is, you know, discipleship and really the Word of God. Yeah, food and and Paul talks about that spiritual spiritual meat, spiritual milk. Yep. I mean, it's man does not live on bread alone. Man does not live on bread alone. But every, every word, word that comes from, from the mouth of God. And so I think that is an important theme and and to have in the back of our minds when yes. we approach the earthly topic of. Eating and drinking. And so so what is so we know what the Bible says, you know, the big theme about eating and drinking, but we, we also see that the Bible does, you know, tell us to have self-control. Mm-hmm. One of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. And uh, you know, so gluttony, it's 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 very clear. It's really by basic definition would be eating beyond, well beyond what is necessary. And doing so um, in a way that does not glorify God. Mm. So, so what you're doing there is in that moment, you you see that that food is a, is a delight to the eyes, it's it's desires to make one wise, right? And it and it's good for food, and you partake it, and you find your 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 joy and your satisfaction in that eating, mm. and you're hoping that that will make you feel better or more fulfilled. And I think that is the root of gluttony. So, uh, in fact, uh, my wife and I were were uh, attending my sister's church in Delaware. Um, and for those of you who want to want to look it up, uh, uh, it's Reach Church in Bear, Delaware, and they had a sermon on New Year's. We were we were there for uh, December thirtieth, uh, the, the last couple Sundays ago, Sunday ago, um, and the sermon was on gluttony. Hmm. And he talked about how. It's not just, it's not like only, I should say, unhealthy or overweight people are, 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 uh, could fall into gluttony. Sure. It's also not the case that every single overweight person is gluttonous. Absolutely Because true. some people struggle yeah. with, with and, and, and genetically, uh, metabolism, things like that. And he said, uh, even skinny people can be gluttonous because you might be the kind of person that uh, ingest whole pizzas and then let's say you go run you know, you, you want to be able to eat a large quantity of food, mm-hmm. but you also are trying not to gain too much weight. So let's say you you make it a point. I'm going to run yeah. miles and miles. In order, I'm going to do all this work yeah. in order to keep serving this God. It's so interesting yeah. that, that just to like on, on that point, yeah. I remember I was listening to, I forget what it was. It was some podcast, I think. And some somebody made the point that like, you know, sometimes... Like we, this is in the context of like exercising a lot and, you know, being in the gym all the time and being all about fitness and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, I I enjoy going to the gym and exercising, right? But like, 
the, the point this person made was like, you know, sometimes exercise can be a, um, a you know, like it's, it's hiding a bad diet, mm. right? Sometimes we just exercise just like what you were saying, yeah. like exercise, we, we think like, oh yeah, now I can just go and you know, eat whatever. And it just kind of hides a bad diet or, you know, as opposed I to doing drink like crazy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think that's, that's an insightful point. Yeah. yeah. So, so gluttony is a heart issue and, and it can manifest itself in, in health problems. Yeah. Cl- clear, clearly. If you, if you, if you just keep doing it and, and it never gets addressed. Right. Um, there. So, so, and, and what I want to try to, I think the, the Bible is not condemning eating like sweets, or, or things like that, or, or chocolate, or, or you know, a, a dessert item. Um, is it condemning enjoying those things? No, I don't think it is either. I don't think so, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, yeah, I just, I just don't see that. I mean, uh, Jesus, atten- Jesus attended a wedding feast? What about eating for enjoyment? Eating for enjoyment, ooh, you mean... <sighs> I say, you know what, I'm not necessarily hungry, mm. but there's a snack over here. That sounds tasty. Yeah, I... What do you think? I, I don't know. I honestly think that that might be... A warning mm-hmm. sign. Okay. Just like it may not necessarily be like full blown idolatry, but I think you're you're tiptoeing. Mm-hmm. You're tiptoeing on the line there because mm-hmm. now you're lacking some kind of satisfaction, and and you see that thing over there, and you're like, oh, well, that sounds like satisfying, mm-hmm. and there's really no other purpose for it, and you're not really thinking about glorifying God in it. Now I know we we, we eat socially too. Sometimes you're not hungry, but you're at a you're at a baseball game. Or you're at a friend's house watching a, watching a game, having a little, and there's you know snacks all around, and you're just picking, you know, eating things like that. Maybe not even paying attention mm. to it. And I, I, you know, you always just want to be, I guess, just always checking your heart. Like, yeah, like, exactly. Like, like what, I think, what are you doing when when food starts to uh, be? It's not just like a pleasantry. It's it, you're reaching for food to fill some void. That's right. Right. That's the danger. I think. Mm-hmm. So it's like you see, like, oh yeah, like I get little dessert like that sounds good i'm gonna have some dessert nothing yeah. wrong with that it's your but birthday it's your have birthday have a, yeah, cake. Exactly. have a cake dude and and yeah. like even if it's just an after dinner dessert that's fine but like if it if you're reaching for that cake in order to fill a void every night yeah every night and it's 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 more than just like it's it's more than just routine it's routine that it that is becoming your comfort that's right and and without that comfort there's something uh misplaced about your your emotions or your state of being or how you're feeling about your day yeah like then then that's when i think you're you're treading some some dangerous territory yeah i i i would i would agree completely there with that um now let's see there's one so one passage that i want to kind of at least throw out a little bit here Hmm. that i think talks a little bit about eating and drinking is is colossians chapter two now, there's a couple other passages that we could get into. Romans 14 is one of them, 1 Corinthians 8. And most of these passages have to do with, with um, eating food sacrificed to idols. So it may not be so much the issue of gluttony per se, but it's still an idolatry issue. Hmm. But I think this passage is, is probably the closest. So I'll begin with uh, verse 16 of Colossians 2. Therefore... Let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body 
nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. Um, And then he continues there, If with Christ you die to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. So I think that is particularly applicable. It's not so much about food sacrifice to idols, but Paul is is, is kind of hitting on there's a movement in the church at, at Colossae that there are people that say these regulations don't handle, don't taste, don't touch, um, is what Christians ought to be doing. And they're kind of promoting this asceticism. And for those who aren't familiar with that, that's kind of like denying yourself uh, per, basically God-given things, earthly things, in order to you know, somehow become cleanlier, become more holy. And it's, it's the precursor to, to monasteries. Mm. And, and, and that movement in the early church where, where um, the early Christians, they saw wealthy uh, Romans and, and people like that engaging in, um, uh, indulging in uh, 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 earthly things, uh, food, drink, wealth. And they said, well, you know what? Our reaction to that unholiness is going to be, I'm going to wear robes. I'm going to live in a cave. I'm going to eat vegetables. Self-denial. And I'm going to deny to the extreme. these things, yeah. and I will be closer to God for it. Right. Now, I'm not here to, I'm not trying to say that it's wrong to fast. Or it's wrong to deny yourself with a desire to be closer to God. But they took it too far, and they basically turned it into, if you want to be holy, do this. Right. Be ascetic. Don't eat this. And and this really is something that, like, in the time of the Reformation, like Martin Luther, just read about Martin Luther. He was an ascetic to the nth degree. He would eat nothing but bread and fish. He would sometimes sleep on the cold, hard floor of his of his monastery cell in order to to get closer to God and kind of punish himself mm-hmm. not allow himself any comfort and they would whip themselves it's like massacre yeah, yeah i mean it's 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 really it's really it's really interesting to mm-hmm. read about that but they did it because they wanted holiness right right and so um you know we just want to be careful i think this passage is important with regards to gluttony and, and drinking that on the one hand you don't want to be looking to your joy, salvation, salvation, uh, fulfillment uh, with with any food or drink, but at the same time, you don't want to necessarily condemn what God has given as a as a as a gift as a gift for food and drink. Yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. Thoughts on 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 that? No, I mean, I I think that that hits the nail on the head. And the other thing too is like like when I think of so, I do, I think in the, in the biblical context when we're talking about gluttony, it tends to be with respect to food and drink. Yeah. So I would say it's like similarly when we're talking about idolatry, it tends to be, you know, we, we'd first think to, you know, not making a, a, a graven image or yes. a carving or something yeah. like that. I think the application can be broad though too. So like, you know, just in, in the same way that like, um, it, it's, the, I think what we want to avoid is, but put it this way, you, you don't want, uh, you don't want a, a, a quote unquote lazy or, or, or fat quote unquote soul, right? Yeah. You don't, one of the things to avoid in gluttony is, um, 
binging on that which for you constitutes a comfort that is not Christ. Mm. And that can manifest itself in food. You know, like we, we have, we talk about like, I mean, it's a common phrase today. We binge watch a show. Yeah, we binge watch. We binge watch a show, right? But even that language is like, you just like, you maybe don't watch any like shows or Netflix or whatever. Yeah. But then you just have this stint where you just go in 24 for like, hour marathon. 24 hour marathon, just straight. <laughs> and like, instead of God's word, right? Or instead of mm. like, where's the moderation? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Self-control. I, it's, where's the self-control? And I, I think that is... That's one of the key gaps. And, you know, yeah. the Apostle Paul says their end is destruction because their God is their belly, right? So mm. it's, it's one of the things to, to watch out for that at the end of the day, we find our, our satisfaction mm -hmm. in Christ. Yeah, right? yeah. And so that leads us then to the more difficult topic that now I'm going to put you on the spot on with oh regards boy. to alcohol. Okay. So, okay, we talked yeah. about food. I think we can probably square that away as far as gluttony, food, things like that. Go have, you know, ha you know, celebrate your birthday, have a piece of cheesecake, carrot cake, whatever, you know, we use. do it for the glory of God. Amen. Uh, there. But the question comes, okay, alcohol, hmm. right? So we all know, I, mean, I think we would all agree as Christians, getting drunk is clearly a lack of self-control and it would be wrong to do so. Mm. But what about, I mean, can one partake of alcohol in a non-idolatrous way? Mm. That's the question of the day I have for you. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll give what I, I'll give an answer to that. But before okay. I do, let, let's, I want to set the stage just a little sure. bit. So always good to proceed with a little set bit of- Set the table. Set the table, right? It's good. Always <laughs> good to proceed with a little bit of caution here because- um, one of the things that the Apostle Paul, I think this was back in, in, in 1 Corinthians with respect to meat sacrificed to idols. He's mm -hmm. like, look, if this is going to cause a brother or sister to stumble, yes. I will never do it again, right? We know an idol is nothing. Yes. We know that you know if you have a, a glass of wine, it's nothing. Yeah. If I'm, I'm kind of giving, showing my hand a little bit here. Yes. But we know that it's nothing. We know that it's, it, it's permissible, right? But what is permissible is not always what is optimal. Yeah. It's not always what is best for the health of the of the body of Christ. Yes. Um, so so yeah. that's just something to keep in mind, right? So um, even if we may biblically conclude that we have a liberty to enjoy a, a glass of wine, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. or enjoy alcohol, there's more to say on that I want to come back to. But even if we conclude we have that liberty, I think we I think that is the conclusion I come to. I think I, we do have that liberty. We want to be very careful with it because at the end of the day, the liberty that we have and and the like it, it just pales in comparison in weightiness of preserving the conscience. Love of brother. Of of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. Exactly. Whatever like they're like the conscience, Paul is so zealous to to care for it yes. and to preserve it. So anything that would compromise that. Yeah. It's just, we just got to be very careful. All right. Yeah. So yeah. all that being said, yes, at the end of the day, and, and there's more caveats too, right? So I think like one of the points that's been made is that like people say, you know, well, Jesus brought the wine. Well, you know, a lot, I think the wine. He made the wine. He made the wine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But like, I think the wine in, in, a, in a New Testament era is, is cut with a, a fair bit of water. So it, the alcohol content maybe not be as concentrated or as heavy as. I've heard other things. I've heard that and I've heard the heard, contrary. So, I mean, let's, let's, it's, it's possible, right? So it's possible that like, we're not, we can extrapolate in our present context yeah. to like hard liquor. 
right? If you, if you, is it okay to enjoy a glass of whiskey? I think the same concept applies. I think the answer yeah, is yes. Yeah, it's not so much the thing. It's, it's not the, the it's thing. It's the principle. Right, but, but one of the things we do want to be, uh, you know, mindful of is, you know, sometimes we can, um, we say, okay, I, I can enjoy this drink, and I think indeed we can, mm-hmm. um, but should be v- being very, very careful about, you know, not letting that seep over into yeah, I agree. drunkenness. I mean, um, but at the end of the day, you know, Psalm, the Psalms say wine gladdens the heart of a man, yeah. right? And and it and it can, it does, and it, it yeah. can be a good thing. And um, and you know, we know clearly in Scripture that the Lord's Supper was and the Lord's Supper would have been wine. wine. And, and the Corinthians are chastised by Paul yeah. because they were getting drunk at the Lord's Supper. So it was clearly enough alcohol in that wine to cause drunkenness. And he said, that's not what you're supposed to do. Right. So, you know, it was, it would have been wine. He even tells Timothy, drink a little bit of wine for your frequent for, yeah, stomach exactly. ailments yep. there. Not just water, but a little bit of wine. So obviously Paul, Jesus, they're not going to command, command something that is inherently right. sinful and wrong and evil. So, and, and like you said, I think the important point is that loving your brother. And, and if you don't mind, I'll read that passage yeah, yeah, here. Please. So Romans 14 is another one, and I'll read that passage. It's from verse 13 through 23. So here's what he says. Uh, Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not come from faith is sin. Mm. I think, now, yes, the context is food and wine sacrificed to idols, uh, but it's it's very it's still applicable today because, you know, in that context, uh, for instance, if you wanted to get meat, if you wanted to go, you wouldn't just go to, the, you know, you know Wegmans. They didn't, you know, obviously have that. The meat was typically uh, uh, butchered in the temples mm-hmm. of of the, of the Roman gods, right? I mean, that's those were sacrifices that were made. Now, whatever meat was not used in the, in the sacrifices or in the worship at the temples was was brought to the meat market, uh, and this is how I understood it. And that, you know, so Christians were. So the question comes up now: I'm a Christian. I'm going down to the meat market, and. I don't know if this food is sacrificed to idols, or maybe it is. Can I purchase and partake of the meat at the meat market? And and and, and basically, you know, Paul is is giving the yes but uh, concept. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like listen, the idols are not not real. There's no power in you eating the meat 
Okay. And and another text he goes to like if you go to a party, mm-hmm. right? Um I think it might be the 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 first Corinthians passage and and you know the person is not a believer and their you know their 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 meat is being you know, the meat has come from sacrifice. He says, "You can eat the meat." But then he says, "If if the host actually says to you, this meat's been sacrificed to an idol." Then Paul actually instructs him, "Don't eat it." You know, for the for the sake of their conscience and yours. Right. You know, so it's one of those things where it's like, you don't need to ask the question. Yeah. Like, you don't have to inquire. So that gets to the modern day kosher idea. Like, you know, if you're a Jewish person or even a Muslim, you have to ask about that food before you partake of it. And God is saying, I think in scripture here, you don't have to ask. But if you know, and and, and, and it's being presented to you in that way, then you might want to. You need to consider. Or if you're troubled by it, you, you know, know what I mean. Like so, so. Or your brother's troubled by it, right next to you. Or if your brother's exactly yeah. right. So one of the things that I think is really interesting here yeah. is, you know, I, I have some conversations with Christians who are, I, I mean, I would say generally like in our age group or in our peer group mm-hmm. who are, you know, um, you know, some of whom have been Christians for years. Um, but one of the things is, is like, I, there was a time in, in. Certain Christian circles in in America, in particular, mm-hmm. I think, like fundamentalist strings, mm-hmm. where, where like drinking was, especially in Baptist and circles, smoking and, and dancing, like these were <laughs> such no nos yeah. that like you know. But now one of the things that's interesting is like there's such, there's a there's a pendulum swing introduced in some of this, and I I hear and I don't know that this is true all the time, but I have certainly heard before like um, an almost an air of condescension towards those folks who who do maybe hold to those beliefs like you know I'm, i'll smoke a cigar i will i'll well, drink whatever like the, well, exactly these people are saying people say well yeah. and not only that but like you know we'll say of the these others who do not partake of let's say alcohol you know get with the times get yourself a stronger conscience you know recognize yeah. that this is christian liberty and get over yourself i mean legit like that's that yeah. they might not put it as bluntly as that but i've yeah. I've, I've certainly heard that 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 tone that is in stark contrast to Paul's tone in Romans 14. Look at verse 14 again, yeah. Romans 14, 14. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. He's like, okay, fine, yes, to your point. But it is unclean, like actually unclean for someone who thinks it's unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. In other words, if somebody actually thinks that, then... And, and it, it is not a loving posture to go and flex the Christian liberty, quote unquote, yeah. in front of that person and say, you know, get over to it. mock them. You know, in just mock them about it. That is not love. See, by what you eat, and uh, do not destroy the one for whom Christ yeah. died. In other yeah. words, and notice what's interesting here. Um, he also says in verse 18, whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. In other words, people who might hold these views that like never ever partake of alcohol will still be approving of the one who is saying like, I'm, you know, I think it's okay to drink. Well, if, if you're, if we're going to not indulge our Christian liberty, we're not going to destroy the one who, for whom Christ died or grieved the one by what we eat or drink, we still have their approval and we also have God's approval because that's what it looks like to walk in love of yeah. that yeah. of that brother or sister. Yeah, so so on the one side, 
if, if you know the Christians that do partake of those things, they don't want to use their liberty as a weapon exactly. or bash bash the the other Christians over the head with their liberty. Yes, but I also not to I'm not I'm not pushing back. I'm actually just trying to give the other side of the yeah, same point. Yeah. Is that um, there's also you got to be careful the tendency. I don't I, I don't know specific examples, but like. I can see it being tempting hmm. to adopt the pharisaical aspect of the one who does not partake and says, totally. I'm stronger yes. and I have more self-control right. because I don't do those things and I look down upon you yes. who does partake of those things. But it's interesting, Paul does not say that the person who refrains is the stronger brother. Right. He says, says they're the weaker, they're the brother. weaker yeah, brother. They're the weaker brother. Yeah, but exactly. But that's the thing. You don't beat up the weaker person. Yes. You help support comfort and care for yes the weaker brother okay and and so and that's the thing and so you don't want to reverse that and say the person who partakes is weak and the person who refrains is strong mm-hmm. that's not what paul says there yeah and so we don't want that to happen either we don't want we don't want the people who partake uh, making fun of and condemning the people who don't and we don't want the people who don't partake looking down upon Yes. And being superior, feeling superior to the people who do partake and saying, well, they're less Christian. Right. Because that, that gets you back to that monk attitude. Like, I'm ascetic. Mm-hmm. I'm a monk. I'm holier than that. It's a higher spiritual class than... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. So... There's danger on both sides. And, there is. But this is the beauty of God's word, right? Is yeah. that it speaks so poignantly to, you know, folks who are who are looking at this from... Coming at this from different angles. So... I, let, let me try to share with you how I try to apply yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and for, you know, for those who are listening, like, well, how do I apply this? How do I live like that? It's so hard. So there's a ditch on either side of the road. How do I navigate this? Well, here's how Eric Lupo tries to navigate this. And you can, I'd love to get your thoughts on it, Dylan, your feedback, your correction, because I, I can grow in this too. So, so when I look at these passages and I say, all right, personally, I don't have a history uh, or a background coming out of alcoholic abuse, al- alcoholism, things like that. Okay, like I, I don't feel a, a, a pull towards that as my as my God or as anything like that. So, so that's that. And I personally have no problem partaking in a variety of alcoholic beverages. You know, mm-hmm. okay. Well, sometimes it might be a little bit of scotch or some wine or a beer, things like that. But a the goal is I'm never going to lose self-control. Mm-hmm. And I'm not partaking in that thing to fill a void. Right. Or to replace God. That's yeah. two. And then I also, so that's so that's me thinking about my relationship with God. So kind of asking those questions. Am I trying to fulfill a void? Am I replacing God with this thing? Okay, that's vertical, right? Mm-hmm. So then horizontal is, okay, now I look at my, my brother. Am I... Am I uh, in the presence of anyone who I think uh, might be struggling with this? Maybe they're coming out of alcoholism. Uh, Maybe they really don't think it's right to be doing that. Uh, And then if that question is like, well, yeah, you know, uh, that person does struggle, then I won't partake. Hmm. I won't order the drink or I won't offer the drink, you know, to that person. You know, I will refrain if I think it's going to, the conscience of someone I'm interacting right. with and, and, and a personal. They're in my house. We're at the restaurant together. That it's, So 
what I what I wouldn't say though is like, oh, there's some Christian out there who might think that what I do is wrong, so therefore I will never do it. Mm. I don't think that's the context there. So like if I'm yeah. out to dinner at a restaurant, let's say with my wife for our anniversary, and I and we order a, a glass of wine, um, I, I'm not thinking, ooh, somebody from church who doesn't think this is right or who struggles with alcoholism, they might walk in on this restaurant and see me, and therefore I can no longer ever order uh, a drink uh, when I'm in a restaurant in the local area mm. of Bucks County, Montgomery County, because someone who knows me might see me. So I don't really think that... At, that I think that might be being too... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not trying to say I'm not trying to say cautious, but but just I don't know. I think it's too conservative. I think it's too much. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I, uh, I generally agree with that. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I mean, so now, now maybe maybe let's let's flip that a little bit. Let's say that my wife and I show up at a restaurant and they happen to seat us. They seat my wife and I right next to uh, uh, believers uh, in the Lord who I know. Came out of alcoholism, and you know they're drinking their water yeah. or, or or whatever seltzer water, and I'm sitting right next to them. We're not in the same table though, uh, but they know I'm there. They see me. Uh, in that case, I might actually refrain. Mm-hmm. I might because I know they're right there and they're watching, mm-hmm. and I know that they struggle, and and, and th- there's no reason for me to flaunt. Yeah. Uh, in, in that moment, you know, where's my heart at? What am I? Do I really need that glass of wine? Right. Like, do I really need it? Like right now. If I do, then that actually reveals the idolatry portion. Yeah. Right? I need this thing Mm -hmm. to make me enjoy. I can't enjoy this dinner without that being part of it. Right. That's that's the the, the danger. That's the danger. That's the danger. I mean, I think like, you know, the, the, all of the vast majority of use cases with this scenario, I think are, are easy to solve. The vast majority, I think are very easy, very straightforward you know, like the ones you were saying, or, or, you know, you go to somebody's house and you ask them, be like, hey, is this something that, you know, are, are you, do you, do you partake? Do you drink? And if the answer is no, I'm, that's not something that I do, then maybe you just leave the beer in the fridge. That's like right. I, I mean, so I, I have a, a fair bit of uh, Irish in my roots and like, <laughs> nice. honestly, well, yeah. like hospitality is part of, like alcohol is p- partly bound up with hospitality. Mm-hmm. Like you, it's almost like, you know, you're not being a hospitable host if you don't have some wine in the fridge or, you know, some kind of, yeah. you know, al- alcoholic beverage to be able to offer to those who are of age, you know, mm. in, a, in the context of a get together. Mm. Um, you know, on the other hand, you know, if you, if you, like you said, if you know that there's somebody who has wrestled with this in the past or, or believes that it's wrong, then, you know, certainly for, for conscience sake, you know, leave it in the fridge. Even if it's, I think the hardest use case, uh, and by the way, you know, rare or or difficult use cases tend to make for for bad case law. So in other words, you you never make broad principles based on examples at the margins. Yes, that's correct. You always make broad principles based on the majority of cases. The general principle. Exactly. So the general principle is you're you're good to partake. I mean, just, you know, talk with somebody. If if you're not sure, ask, you know, if this is something that they think or that they believe. And if, if, if they're open to it, then sure. I think the hard case is when, you know, let's say you're in a public place or you're at a, you're at a party or something and there is alcohol being served and you know that there are brothers and sisters in Christ present and you don't know where they stand, right? 
that's a harder case, I think. Yeah. Um, and you might just for for just for the sake of you know making sure the bases are covered, you just might not partake of alcohol. Yeah. Like if that, you invite a large in group of people from the church to and, come, and to your you house, don't know, you don't know, right? You might just I'll offer lemonade, whatever yeah, iced tea, and, and, just and be on leave the safe it at side. that. But if I do know every single person that I am inviting, like I know them very well, yeah, then maybe it would be a little different. Yeah. And you allow bring a bottle of wine or, or have a beer or things like that. Right. Interesting little quick, uh, you mentioned the social in- invitation, you know, hospi- hospitality yeah, aspect yeah, yeah, yeah. of it. It was interesting. Um, uh, across the street from me is, 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 is a man, uh, Sergei, and he's from Russia. Hmm. And, uh, you know, there are times where we're, we're plowing, uh, uh, shoveling snow in our driveways. And I say hi to him. He, he says, hello. And, uh, and there were a couple of times that he, um, you know, he, he shoveled my driveway for me hmm. and it was, it was really nice. And, wow. and, and, you know, I just, you know, and I want to try to, you know, make more connections with him, uh, there. And I was talking to another, a brother in the Lord who's from Russia. And he, he straight up said to me, and, uh, when you, when you see your neighbor shoveling snow again, and you're out there shoveling your snow, your snow with him, invite him in for a drink, invite him in for, for, for a shot. Hmm. And I was like, really? Are you sure about that? I mean, this guy's from, but, but this Christian's from Russia. He wasn't kidding with me either. Yeah, I was yeah, like, sure. that is a social thing. Uh, now, I haven't confirmed this with any other Russian Ukrainians or, or sure. whatever. But he said, that's a very social thing there. It would be very common. And yes, uh, if you want to open up those doors of communication with, with this unbelieving uh, a Russian, invite him in for a drink. Hmm. You know, it would be, especially to warm up. After, after you know, in the cold winter, shoveling snow. Yeah. So and this is something to think about that I had not considered, mm-hmm. you know, before there. Yeah. So. I mean, so so partly, right? There's there's you might do exactly the opposite with someone you know is from the Middle East. That's right. It, because you know what I mean. Muslims are are commanded not to drink. Right. So so you don't want this to be a stumbling block, but it can be in certain contexts a a, a bridge that you can use to build for building relationships. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, in 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 some of the I probably. The majority of these cases, yeah. you know, what the the wise thing to do is is probably pretty straightforward. But there are going to be some cases where you're not sure, and if you run into one of those cases where you're not sure, then you know, for for Paul, it it seems like you know this is a conscience issue, and yeah. you know, all things being equal, probably best to err on the side of caution. But but don't feel like um, you know there's something that the Bible uh, with respect to alcohol you know, full stop forbids. Yeah. Know? And I think one last thing here on this, as far as like between believers, yeah. I think just a lot of grace on yeah, both sides. That's a good point. It's going to, is going to really help. Like, like, you know, I might, I might make a mistake, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe I, I'm forgetful about your situation and I say, Hey man, I want a beer. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, and yeah. it's like, don't get, a, don't be quick to be offended. Amen. That's like, such a good like, point. Don't be quick that's to be offended yes. about it. You know, so like, much of this is like <laughs> that. That's such a good point. I mean, generally, right? Christians should be slow to be offended. Slow I mean, to anger. Slow to anger. That's right. <laughs> like, especially quick to forgive. Quick to forgive, especially in the, you know in the household of God, like among brothers and sisters in Christ. Like, just don't be easily offended. It's it, it's gonna be okay. Yeah. Right. Like, extend that grace that was extended to you. Um, you know, there, there's a time and a place to call stuff out. There's there is no question about that. Yeah. Um, you know, when it pertains to something that the Bible extends a liberty for in the first place, you know, it, it's good to extend some grace. Uh, you know, on, on the other hand, if, if you're somebody who, you, you know, you, you have a, 
you have a very, very uh, uh, sensitive conscience about it, um, it's good to extend some grace to, to somebody who, who might not recognize that. If you're somebody who is a very, very strong, uh, I'll put strong in, in quotes there, but like a strong conscience about alcohol and you're very comfortable partaking, you know, extend some grace. Maybe you do forego that liberty mm-hmm. for the sake of somebody who, you, you know, might be wrestling with it. Yeah. yeah. Extend grace on both sides. That's yeah. great. That's a great word. Yeah. Well, it's hard to imagine. We are actually running up on time. So uh, it is time for Proverb of the Day. All right. Proverb of the Day. day. Yeah. Got, I'm telling you, man, we still got to get some kind of music. It's like R- Ryan goes. Oh, and that's Ryan. Yeah. Uh, maybe Ryan he's got something that. there. Maybe he's got something fancy for it. All right, Ryan, hear that. Maybe something <laughs> yeah, for Proverb of the Day. Oh, thing there. Well, yeah. What right. you got? So here's what we got for uh, my turn, for I guess, you. right? Yes, it is your turn. All right. So today we hmm. are going to actually have. Ah, here we go. Proverbs chapter 20, mm. verse 1. Mm-hmm. Wine is a mocker, strong drink, a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Oh, boy. Yeah, so fits very well within our topic today. Wine is a mocker, strong drink, a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Well, uh, uh, yeah, again, this is a very, this is a true statement. Um, uh, Amen. Amen. Well, I mean, clearly it's in, it's in God's word, so it's a true statement. But so what? What the what the what the author here? What God, what God here is saying, as I see, it, is like is describing what what these things do. You know, being led astray by the wine, uh, being led astray by the strong drink. Um, it leads to these. It leads to this behavior. Behavior. And I mean that's I mean we we all can see that in in real life, right? Um, you know those who who get drunk uh, off of wine, who lose control. Um, you know their lips become loose, and the 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 truth the truth comes out, right? The truth, right? What what they're feeling, yeah, comes out. No more filter, mm-hmm. right? And and mockery and and debauchery and and, ho- and foolish talk and all that stuff just comes out. And and then and then the, the parallel here in this proverb is. Strong drinks a brawler, all right? People who f- get in fights, and they get angry, they want to compete with each other, they start pushing, shoving, and all of a sudden you got a full-blown uh, fight going on there. And those are just, you know, two. It's not exhaustive. There's other things that that uh, using too much alcohol will lead you into. You know, one could even just say sexual morality. We'll just leave it like that, right? That's pretty clear. We see that all the day in our culture, right? What we're going on there between between men and women, and nothing good happens when it's, when it begins. You know, I met a girl in a bar, or I met this guy in a bar. Usually, those stories never end well, right? So, uh, wine is a mocker. Yeah, if, if you you partake of that, you partake of strong drink, and this is what it's going to lead you into. Whoever is led astray by it, by wine and strong drink, is not wise. And this is uh, not saying that by nature, uh, wine and strong drink. Are, are evil things, uh, the, the, but the, but what it hinges upon is being led astray by it. Are you, are God's people being led astray by by something like wine, like strong drink? Uh, there's many, and there are many other things in creation that can lead us astray. Hmm. Certainly, um, and uh, and and so I think that's what the, the proverb is getting at. Do not be led astray by by those things because. They lead to nothing, nothing that is good hmm. to be led astray by them. So hopefully that kind of addresses that. No, amen. That's yeah. good. 
Yeah. You mind if I? Sorry, I know we're wrapping up the episode. Please. Do you mind if I ask you another question about y- that? You can. I, I think that's really good. One of the things that you mentioned <laughs> that jumped out at me was, and we're just riffing right now, but yeah, yeah, yeah. was was this notion of like when you have wine or alcohol, one of the things it does is it drops the filter. I thought yes. I think that's really interesting because one of the things that I hear like very highly praised in in our age is this notion of like self-actualized authenticity, which is just a fancy way of saying like no filter, letting your true self hang all out, all out. and be like who you are and let it all hang be, out. You be you. You be you, you, be, you. you be you. And then and then everyone else has to deal. And right. and now like this removal of filter is is in some ways praised. So I I mean I, I hear it's kind of a couple of different sides of that. I'm just wondering what your take on that is. Just as a as a general concept, oh, like revealing you be you. Yeah, well, just kind of like this notion of like dropping the filter. No, uh, listen, uh, one of the fruits of the spirits is self control, and, and yeah. we know that the tongue, like <laughs> you know, sets a lot on fire. It sets a lot on fire. Yeah. Like honestly, if it, it, in the UBU movement, it's like it's like whipping out the flamethrower and going full blast. Like let's take it down. Yeah, we're burning this thing down. It's like it's like it's like having no control at right. all it's it's just immature behavior mm-hmm. it's it's not to be too crude it's it's ripping off all your clothes and saying we're going streaking yeah, yeah. we're gonna be ourselves you know it's like that that letting loose of all bonds of all things let's well, throw off let's throw, throw off, off the filter throw off the filter throw say off what the bonds, you want whatever I'm you really be authentic. think i was like well well, well, no. What you're doing is you're being authentically sinful. <laughs> like, like you're letting your sin just right. air out. You're because, like, that's you know, and that gets to a topic that maybe we can cover at some other point in time. But like, you know, God restrains evil. Yeah. You know, he he restrains sin. Your conscience, my conscience, the the conscience of unbelievers is it gets restrained right. by God. Even people who aren't believers, they don't they don't act as evil as they could. Right. Right. And and that movement that. That UBU authentic movement, you know, uh, the only way I can see that being any way, shape, or form good is if it's brought into submission to Christ. Bingo. Like, that's like, what I was going to say. Like you, like that's the appropriate in place Christ, for that. Yes. You be. Be who you are in, in Christ. Christ. Be who, that's exactly. But right. not be who you are in Adam. Right. So you, and and what's, what's remarkable about that is like for the Christian, we are most fully who we truly are. Yes. When we are expressing ourselves as who we are in Christ. Christ. That's who we truly are. If you're a Christian, you're going towards glory uh, into eternity and Christ-likeness, then you are most, you're not most fully expressing yourself when you're just like, oh, I got this filter to not say these bad things I really think about this coworker. But, you know, she had it coming to her. Or he had it coming to him. I felt so good. I felt so good to just let it all rip, right? Like... (laughs) That's like, that is not who you truly are. That's like what Jesus is saying, like from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And that's just like kind of letting that. And in fact, when you act that way, when you, when you're an unbeliever or you're acting out and you're, and you're lifting off all the restraints of sin right. and you want sin to come out, what you're doing then is you're acting in the identity and image of, of, of the, of the, of the liar, right. the, 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 the king of lies, the king of the, the murderer from the beginning, mm-hmm. Satan. That's what you're doing. I mean, unrevealed, unblemished, unrestrained sin. There is nothing that is more descriptive, aside from like fire and worm, of hell yeah. than that. Because when God talks about 
um, people who go into idolatry, what does he say? He gives them over. He lets them loose. He gives them exactly what they want. Takes he, off the filter. He takes off the filter. Yeah, he takes yeah. off the reins, and he lets the thing plummet off the cliff. Yeah, and so this is, and yeah. by the way, just if you're out there listening, like, that was just a question I had. And listen, it's I've, a good question, I've, by the way. but I've been that guy, right? Like, I I know the, uh, I can, I, I feel the weight of the appeal to just, like, you know, Say what you think. And, yeah. and and they're legit. Like, there is a time and a place for that when what it is we think is 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 grounded in truth, God's truth. seasoned with grace when we speak it. That's right. Right? Like, even when we speak God's truth, it's to be seasoned with grace. Right. So, like, there is this, like, I, I've done this, I guess is what I'm saying. And I don't, I'm not, believe me, I'm preaching to myself here. Yeah. You know, I know we both are. Like, we're preaching to ourselves here that this is something that we need to be mindful of as well. Yeah. But it is something to just, you know, the the whole notion of, you know, just the whole notion of what our culture calls authenticity is not always the unmitigated blessing yeah. that, it, that it sometimes feels like to many in our generation. And in fact, it's ironic, the authenticity of our culture is actually a masking of sin. Yeah. It's a te- it's an attempt to excuse and to mask sin. It can be. Yeah. So they're yeah, not really be. being. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, sorry. So good just, rabbit rabbit trail. The Thanks rabbit trail. Yeah. But anyway. Well, listen, this has been two guys in a Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to wrap it up here for real this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we would listen. We love hearing from y'all. If y'all have uh, questions or feedback, we love we love that. Uh, you can reach out to us via email at the number two, two guys in a Bible dot podcast at gmail dot com. You can also reach us at Twitter. The handle is at. Uh, two guys in a Bible. All these have the number two. Yeah. Facebook.com forward slash two guys in a Bible or two guys in a Bible dot org. Also, please feel free to leave us uh, reviews. Um, we love honest five star review. No, I'm just kidding. Authentic. We love authentic, authentic yeah. reviews, uh, yeah. even if they're low reviews. Use a filter. We, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we we love um, we, we love getting honest feedback, uh, especially Eric. He loves <laughs> That's right. yeah, just and Dylan likes dishonest feedback. Just tell him what he wants to wants he wants to hear, and he's good. Oh man. <laughs> anyway, so so listen. This has been two guys in Bible. Thank you so much for for listening, and um, God bless y'all. All right, God, God bless. bless. Yeah.